Welcome to the King's Temple Church Podcast. As you tune into the Word today, we hope and believe you will be inspired and blessed. Now, let's join Bishop Samuel Pada as he takes us on a journey of understanding the importance of honoring God. Now you would know that we've been working on this honoring God subject for a long time. Base scripture, the foundational scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30, it says, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord said, Be it far from me, for them that honor me, I will honor. We all love to be honored. God says, I will honor you if you will honor me. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Friend, I remember mentioning this before and I want to say it again. Honor is a very powerful key that opens door that nothing else can. Remember, honoring God is a very important and a vital key because when I begin to learn to honor God genuinely from my heart, God will honor me. That's what I want to show you. Definition very quickly. I'm going to read this for you because you must have written this down. Honor means to discern, recognize uniqueness in a person, to celebrate and respect it, appreciate a person, esteem, favorable regard, respect, to give value to a thing or a person. How you treat a person resembles the honor or the dishonor you have for that person. How you treat the person. When somebody walks into the room, you stand up to greet someone. Sometimes somebody walks in, you sit down. See, that shows the level of respect and honor you have toward that person. I'm just giving a simple example. Anyway, honor is the seed for access and dishonor is the seed for barriers. And honor attracts favor. Very quickly, dishonor means to show no respect, to treat as common, ordinary, or menial. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 12, verse 12, it says, Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. When you do not have regard for the Lord, the Bible calls you what? A scoundrel. That's right. It says, This sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. That means no respect, no regard. They had no regard for the things of God or the things in the house of the Lord. And no respect. Isaiah 29, 13 says, They honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me, and their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. They honor me with their lips. They know how to sing, they know how to clap their hands, they know how to dance. But their heart is far from me. Why? Because they live their own sinful life with no fear of God. The Greek version says this, Their worship is farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. True honor is an overflow from a heart that fears and loves God. It's an expression that flows out of the heart that fears God. Now we studied a little bit about Abraham, and I want to go there, and I want to take you to a portion of Scripture. Let's learn something from Abraham. Abraham honored God through his obedience. When I honor God, I don't just nod my head and say yes and do my own thing. Honor says, I agree, Lord, I surrender, and I will do what you say. That's true honor. So when God came to Abraham and he began to give a proposition about what he's supposed to do in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, from thy father's house, and to a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now this is a promise This is a, that God made to Abraham if Abraham would comply with his demand. Is that true? So look at verse 4. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Hallelujah. He obeyed God in taking a step to move into a land that he had never seen. He knows nothing about. He's being taken to a people that he has never met before. He's going to uncharted territory, but trusting in God. So he honored God through his 
obedience. Somebody say amen. Now, because I want to cover this, I'm quickly racing through this. Now, there is a test of honor. This is an ultimate test of honor for Abraham. Go to Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abram and said unto Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, took two of his son, young men with him and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which the God told him. Listen to this. Look at what God asked Abraham to do. This is the son that he had prayed for for 25 years. He waited, he prayed, he agreed with God, he did everything. And eventually he's blessed with this child and he's seen him grow up. He's become a teenager. He's a young man now. And the Lord says, I want you to offer him up as a burnt offering. Just put yourself in his shoes and imagine that. How difficult and how challenging. How would you respond? It's easy to sing, I love you, Lord. It's easy to give money. It's easy to give up assets. Easy to give anything in this world, but to give your only son that was born when you were 100 years old. My God. And remember, Sarah never had another son. So he did not know. In the natural, he did not know what was about to happen. But his trust in God watch this. See, Abraham knew his God. He said, out of this seed, this seed shall the world be blessed. It was through Isaac, not through Ishmael. So look at the understanding Abraham had that even if I killed and slayed my son, if God has to remain on his throne, he has to raise him up from the dead. If God has to be God, because he cannot replace Isaac through another person like God did with Job. Is that right? Because the promise was to Isaac. His word was to be fulfilled only through Isaac. It could not be done through anybody else. But even though you know that, imagine your emotions that you as a father, not only have you, you know, you got to take him and then you got to slay him with your own hands. How would you do that? Try doing that to a little chicken you might raise in your house. Try doing that to your dog. Can you do that? You can't even harm the dog. Just, just imagine that. This son has grown up. He's a young man. And Abraham had to offer him up. Before he could burn him, he had to slay him. Just think through that. You know, so many times we say, Lord, I love you. I honor you. Really? When the test comes, are you ready? Because whatever we promise God, it will be tested. And God knows what is the most most important aspect in your life. And generally, he will ask that as a sacrifice. The thing that you love the most is what God asks for a sacrifice. Why? Because he does not want competition in your heart. There's room only for one person on the throne of your heart. Somebody talk to me. And God does not want anybody there. Amen? So Abraham honored God through his obedience. Abraham did not argue with the Lord, did not consult with anyone, did not moan, grumble, or cry. He just obeyed. Wow. Make note of his heart. His attitude is submission to the Lord. He was not bitter toward God. Sometimes you can give, but you can give out of bitterness. He was not bitter toward God. He didn't begin to question why and where. He simply submitted and obeyed God. So as he was on his journey, Isaac inquired about the lamb for the burnt offering. Look at his reply. Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. God will provide himself a lamb. Now, this is not somebody who is a religious person that can talk like this. It's someone that has walked with God. God, that knows the character of God, that has experienced God, that knows their God. Hallelujah. 
they that know their God shall be strong. He said, I don't know my son, but God will provide. So look at the confidence with which he was moving in life. And that is where I believe God wants all of us to be. No matter what challenge you have in life, no matter what is opposing you, no matter what you're facing, remember God is with me. That confidence, not trying to say, God is with me, God is with me, God is with me. You know, that's a mental exercise. But when it becomes such a stable, strong foundation in your heart, you know, I know that I know that I know. That's where God wants us to arrive. Abraham said, I don't know my son, but God shall provide. And while he was saying that, just understand that in the mind of Abraham, the lamb was Isaac. When he came to the place that God showed him, he built an altar preparing to honor the Lord. Verse 9, and they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 11, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not held withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Praise be to God. He said, Abraham, now I know you honor me more than you honor anybody else. Hold it. What did he say? They that honor him, God will honor. So get ready to what we're going to read now. He says, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, as seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. In other words, you have honored and loved me more than anything or anyone, including your son, who is your dearest. Verse 15, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. In multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Because you have honored me by not withholding your son, these are three things I want you to see. God says, in blessing, I will bless thee. In multiplying, I'll multiply thy seed. Thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Your descendants, this is what the NIV reads, that your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. That means your enemies will not be able to stand before you. In thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Hallelujah. When I obey God, I'm showing my honor to him. When God tells me to do this, something, and I do it without questioning, without arguing, without trying to evade, without trying to find a way, circumvent that and finding a way in my own wisdom. If I genuinely obey him, God says, that's time for promotion. Hallelujah. So when God calls you to ministry, many people say, well, I have this problem. I don't know what's going to happen to my parents. I don't know how I'm going to take care of my financial needs of, of, of the family. And they begin to question and begin to wonder. And then they come to the conclusion, well, you know what? Let me arrange all that. Lord, I accept the call, but just hang on a minute. Hang on for a few years. When I retire, I will come and serve you. Is that true? And what happens is delayed obedience is what? So you don't see the same measure of the anointing at that time when you come to God. But when you obey the Lord and give yourself according to the call, according to the demands, the blessing of the Lord will show. And because you've honored him with the best, he will honor you with the best. There's a wonderful scripture in the New Testament. I want to take you there quickly. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And when he went to the Pharisee's house, sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus 
sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now, Jesus was at the house of Simon the leper in Bethany, and as he reclines at the table, a woman approaches him with an alabaster box, costly spikenard oil. After weeping, to wash the masses' feet, she dries them with her hair, then breaks open the spikenard and puts it on his head. And the price of this perfume was a year's wages for a normal working person. She honored Jesus by lavishly anointing him with an expensive perfume. But if you go to the story, you will find that although this gentleman invited Jesus into his house, he never honored him. He invited Jesus, but never honored him. I'll show you. And he said in his heart, if only he was a true prophet, he would have recognized who this woman was, as if Jesus did not recognize. But that's how people think, okay? So he, he gave the impression to the world that he loved Jesus. He gave the impression to the world that he honored Jesus because he invited him to come and have lunch with him. All right? Look at this. In verse 44, Jesus is talking to Simon. He says, And turning to the woman, he said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house. Thou givest me no water for my feet. You invited me, but you did not honor me. See, many people invite Jesus into their hearts, but they don't honor him. They don't surrender their lives to him. They don't respect him. Listen, I entered into thy house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath wetted my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Thou gavest me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. Oh my God. He says that means the custom in those days was when somebody came in and you honored that guest, you would kiss that person in their culture, right? But he said, when I came in, you treated me as somebody lower than you. Yes, you invited me home, but you did not give the respect that you generally give to a guest. So in your eyes, in the eyes of this man, Simon, Jesus was not worthy of honor. Okay? My head with oil you did not anoint. So can you see this? The progression here. When somebody was invited to the house, they would give water to wash their feet. They would kiss them, welcome them, and they would give oil to anoint their hair. But you did none of these. You're only giving a farce. This is only a farce. It's not genuine. You're inviting me home was not because you genuinely honor me. But look at this. My head you did not anoint. But here he talks about this. She gave something extremely valuable. By this act she was expressing that the one on whom the valuable oil was poured was more valuable than the expensive perfume in comparison. But through this she expressed a regard and respect for the Lord. Observe the reaction of the people around. In Mark chapter 14 verse 4 some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume? It could have been sold for years wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Oh my God. These are the disciples. You see, nobody had the right regard or honor for Jesus that this woman had. How much do you honor God? You complain about coming to church. You complain about reading the Bible. You complain about prayer. You complain about your giving. You complain about tithing. And you say, I love the Lord. Check your heart. This is time for us to introspect and say, do I really love God? Am I like this woman who is extravagant in expression, in expressing love and honor? Or am I like this Simon, the leper, who outwardly is expressing love and saying, oh, I love you, I honor you, but not really loving and honoring because it's not from the heart. To the people around that watched what happened, it was a meaningless waste. They did not have a clue of what true honor was. This was not an act of obedience, rather an act of love and honor. This was an act of what? How much do I love God? I show my honor to God through my love. And so look at this. It, it, and this is being expressed through the giving. She gave something that was worth an ear's wages. 
and said, Lord, even this is not enough. And nobody but Jesus was able to recognize this. Everybody else thought it was a waste. Simon the leper and others looked at her, at her from outside and they said, she's a sinner. And the disciples said, it's a waste of money. But Jesus was the only one that could read her genuine heart. It doesn't matter what people think. What matters is what does Jesus think about you and I? Do we really honor him? Do we really love him? See, the observation of these people were maybe rational and many, uh, you know, we, as Christians, we definitely need to think of the poor, but Jesus said, you will always have the poor among you. They missed the true meaning of that which just transpired. The women had just honored God of heaven and earth by honoring the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord says this, Mark chapter 14, verse 6, And Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? Hallelujah. She was not doing anything for recognition. She was not doing so that people could say, wow, what a great offering you gave. What a great sacrifice. All she was interested was his attention. Glory be to God. She was only looking for the attention of Jesus. And so Jesus says, this is a good thing. What is a good thing? What the people thought was waste. You will always have the poor among you and you can help them whenever you want to. But you will not always have me. She has done that she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Hallelujah. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Praise be to God. Jesus praised her for her act. Many did many great things in the days of Jesus, but no one was honored in this manner to this degree by the Lord. Her desire was to honor the master. Her pouring of the anointment to honor the Lord positioned her to be honored by the master. This is why I want to conclude by this. The Lord said in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those who think lightly of me. We are to value, respect, and reverence our Lord above anything or anyone. We dishonor him if we value anyone or anything above him. He is the only one that is worthy of all honor. And honor, one of the major ways by which we express our honor is by walking in obedience and showing our love, not to receive the appreciation and the accolades of men, but to receive the blessing of God. How much do you genuinely love God? Do you really love God? You know, I want to challenge all of you. Maybe there was a time in life when God said something to you and he challenged you to give yourself to serving him. Or maybe he asked you to give something into the kingdom. You ignored it. You forgot it. It left you altogether. But today I pray God will remind you because that was the day the flow stopped in your life because you did not honor him. I pray that God will remind you that you can come back to him in repentance and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I submit. I surrender. And I honor you by my giving of myself or that particular object or my time or whatever. God might have called you into ministry and you've ignored that call. You walked away from it and now you seem to be comfortable but you don't seem to have breakthroughs in life. Who knows? Every one of us is being dealt with by the Holy Spirit. It's not enough just to sing songs and worship God and just throw your tithe in the bucket. No. The first thing that God asks for is, my son, give me your heart. My son, give me your heart. 
That means he wants to be supreme in our heart, in our life. Has God called you into ministry? Has God called you to do something part-time? Has he called you to do something for his church? Has he called you to do something in the ministry somewhere else? I don't know what God has told you. If you ignore his instruction and delay obedience to be obedient, you're dishonoring God. I know you may not like what I'm saying, but I'm telling you, this could be the reason why you're not having your breakthrough in life. Many times we say, Lord, if you do this, then I will do that. No, no, no. God says, first, in obey my instruction. Lord, give me another son and then I will offer Isaac. No, you first offer Isaac. You will not understand because God does not reveal everything to us, but he's a faithful God. He will never fail you and he will never turn back on you. He's a God who loves every one of us and he wants the best for all of us. Remember, honoring God is a key that opens up favors in your life. What you can never do in your own strength, God will do for you. Hallelujah. What you cannot do for yourself, God will do for you. But that's when you begin to know how you can obey Him and how you can honor Him through your obedience. Somebody say Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the Word today. You could subscribe to our podcast to keep up with the current sermon series. And for more messages like this one, visit us at store.kingstemple.in. Have a blessed day.